When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Social Security is one of the most complex and confusing federal programs. With over 2,700 rules, it's no wonder that we're confused about when and how to start collecting and who to turn to for help. Welcome to Social Security Answers from the Experts, hosted by Martha Shedden. In this podcast series, Martha meets with professionals to provide you with the answers to questions about this most important financial decision. And now, here's your host, President and co-founder of the National Association of Registered Social Security Analysts, Martha Shedden. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another informative and exciting show. I'm your host, Martha Shedden, and today I have the pleasure of welcoming Brian Culvert to the podcast. Brian is a certified financial planner and founder of Bonfire Financial, a fee-only registered investment advisory firm in Colorado Springs. He started his career with Smith Barney and later UBS, but found that he could better serve his clients as a true fiduciary registered investment advisor, knowing that clients are more important than shareholders. Brian's been recognized as one of the top advisors in Colorado and nationally by the National Association of Board Certified Advisor Practices, and was also named one of the Colorado Springs Business Journal's Rising Stars 40 Under 40 in 2012. He holds a BA in public administration from San Diego State University and is also a graduate of Stanford University School of Business iShares program. Brian's been serving his clients over 15 years and loves the impact he's been able to have on his clients' lives. So welcome to the podcast, Brian. Thank you very much. Appreciate to be here. <laughs> Let's start with your story. Um, how did you come to be a financial professional in Colorado? You majored in public administration um, and started out as an account executive for uh, Rico, is that how we pronounce uh, it? Rico, Rico, Rico business, business systems. systems in Southern California. So, tell us about your path. Uh, so, in essence, I went to school out there in San Diego State. Had always been interested in finances, and actually, one of the big reasons uh, I ended up going to San Diego State was my parents were nice enough to provide a set Ooh. amount of money uh, for us, uh, me and my sister, to go to school. The rule was, or I guess the agreement was, is that if I didn't spend it all, uh, that rest of the money actually got to come to me. Uh, and so I was able to find out that back then I could go to San Diego State, uh, get in-state residency in California, and it was cheaper to go there than it was to go to CU. And I ended up with a little extra money in the end and got to go to school in San Diego. So not too bad. It's a little break from the mountains. Um, so that's a kind of a, a passion of mine was just always finding new and different ways to fund things and, and find ways to use money in different ways. But in essence, uh, was at Rico. My father actually was in the industry as well. He worked at uh, Smith Barney here in Colorado Springs while I was in San Diego. 
and it was just some conversations of talking with him and his partner. And I got interested in what they did and how they serve their clients. Uh, selling copiers to people is great. The unfortunate part is normally they only want to talk to you one when their lease is due uh, or when it's not working. So normally not in the best of moods or the happiest with you. Uh, and so talking to people about their finances and helping them achieve their goals seems uh, a little more appealing and way more fun. So that's why I actually ended up uh, pursuing it, started off in San Diego, uh, was there. And then when me and my wife decided to start a family, decided to move back to Colorado. And then that was kind of, uh, I guess, the history of it, if you will, and just kind of started out. Uh, unfortunately, got to start out, I got to say unfortunate and fortunate, started out in 07. So right as uh, the oh. peak, if you will, <laughs> and then got to experience the financial crisis. And as I say, uh, it somewhat was a blessing because I got to learn through a fire hose extremely fast. Uh, otherwise, I wouldn't be doing this anymore because that's uh, the industry from a wirehouse perspective can be quite cutthroat. And so was able to survive and, and live through it. And that's uh, been able to help clients and then decided to help them in a better way, in my opinion, uh, by going independent and having more leeway in the ways that I can help them instead of being kind of directed by the wirehouse. Right. And so what year did you start Bonfire? I started Bonfire in 2017. Oh, nice. Okay. Well, your parents certainly taught you a good financial lesson there, I think. That's an awesome way to motivate your children to go to school and to let them have what's left. That's Yes. It worked out well uh, to see the kind of the light at the end of the tunnel and figure out different ways to do it. Yeah. So tell me about your clientele. Are you focused on a particular demographic, mostly retirees, younger? What do you find? So it's always a tough question. I would say that our demographic currently does um, entail probably pre-retirees and retirees um, for the most part. We have young individuals as well. But in essence, I always say if you're a nice person and you're willing to save and we're willing to come up with a plan, we're willing to help. Uh, so we tend to not turn away people. It's just a matter of if it's a good fit or not is when that tends to when we don't turn away people. As far as the demographic goes, obviously, they are older, normally just because obviously the our model and how we are able to do things uh, and how the model, I should say, the financial industry was shaped uh, and still is somewhat shaped is for us to be financially able to do this, it tends to be people with a little bit more income and savings. And that tends to be people who are older uh, just by the fact of there's not too many 20-year-olds with million dollars uh, accounts out there, if you will. There's still some definitely are that are out there. Yeah. There's just not as many. So do you have a minimum uh, assets under management then? Or how is your... Uh, like I said, we don't really have a minimum. I would say that, I mean, our average client size is right below a million dollars. But as far as, you know, I have people who are in there, you know, I think our, one of our youngest is like 25 years old, just out of college, and we're helping them grow. And, uh, okay. you know, they have a plan and we're working with them together. And then, you know, I've got you know, 85 and 90 year olds who uh, are on a completely different story. So, but the majority of the clients are going to be around the probably 55 to I'll say 70 um, age uh, demographic. Perfect for social security. <laughs> yes, pretty much right around there. Yeah. It is a, it's a hot topic. Yeah. So for others, financial advisors who are listening, what do you think is the most common 
misconception about how they deal with their clients' retirement planning? The common misconception by advisors? And I'm thinking, I'm thinking of the difference there, you know, between helping those who are saving, investing, growing, and then you reach that retirement age. And um, it's really a different type of financial planning, isn't it? It is. I mean, we get into when we get to the retirement stage, instead of, you know, the accumulation phase, it's more of that spending phase. And so cash flow, um, in essence, becomes very key. Uh, and then that distribution strategy becomes very key. So I think there's a variety of different ways to come up with the distribution strategy. And I think there's probably that well, I'll probably go on that is like, where do you take the money from first, right? Whether it be from a taxable account, a Roth, an IRA, whether you have annuities, uh, which we're not a huge fan of, but obviously they're out there. You know, it's, it depends on how you want to do it. Do you have a pension? How does social security come into play on that? When do you get social security? So it's all kind of, I think, coming up with a plan and utilizing all of the avenues that a client might have to create the cash flow to, um, in essence, create or replicate, I should say, the income that they once had when they were working. Right, right. And to not run out of that. <laughs> yes, that's that's probably the biggest fear for anyone is yeah. uh, right running out of money because they don't want to go yeah. back to work. And I would say, honestly, it's, you know, it's even bigger than that, in my opinion, from when the clients we've talked to is it's not, not so much about running out of money. It's having to change your lifestyle, right? So if you're coming from, yeah. you know, making 250, 500,000 a year, and then you go to in retirement and now you're living, you know, let's say a hundred thousand or something like that. Like it's a little different, right? And are you concerned with what it's going to look like going forward? You went, you're right. used to going out and eating. Are you going to go back to your college days of eating ramen? Probably not. That's not probably what most people want to do in retirement. They already, they already put their dues in, if you will, during those college years and after college. Yeah. And there's this miss perception that we're going to be earning, we're going to be in a lower tax bracket, we're going to have less in retirement, because we're going to cut out those work related costs. But for me, it's all about, okay, now I can travel now I can spend money in all kinds of ways. Oh, yeah, no, I would say, you know, when we do our planning and financial forecasts, I would say that we always assume that you're not going to dip in your spending habits uh, in retirement. If anything, in the first couple of years, they might increase just because, as you said, uh, travel picks up. Uh, Obviously, it's been a lot different in the last couple of years, but in normal times, we'll say travel picks up uh, quite a bit in those first couple of years. Right. Those are the go-go years. Yes. You're healthy, you have the time, uh, and you have the money, and now it's time to go experience some things. Yeah. Um, on your website, it says your ERISA attorneys, record keepers, and third-party administrators help to make your retirement planning run effectively. Can you speak uh, to how these aspects of your system help with retirement planning? So on that piece of the puzzle, as far as on the, the website, that's more, we do manage the retirement plans. So for companies. Oh. Um, and so that obviously comes into play when we're creating like 401ks or we're creating cash balance plans or defined benefit plans for individuals. And that's more in the accumulation phase. Uh, but a lot of individuals who are, you know, maybe self-employed or don't have a lot of employees and maybe 
uh, it happens all the time. Uh, they get to their fifties and haven't put that much away. These types of plans allow them to kind of, uh, I'll say, give it a little super boost uh, where they're able to put a substantial sum away. It all comes down to their cash flow currently. How much can they put away? Right. But it is a, a very unique and util- um, great vehicle for them to be able to save and get to a point where they have quite a bit to support them in retirement. Yeah. So shifting gears a little, how do you personally stay up to date or educated in general about how to give advice for Social Security? Um, a great question. I mean, I, I think it's kind of a nonstop learning because it's they're always <laughs> constantly changing. Uh, and there's always new things to learn or, you know, new laws that have come out or new bills that they're trying to pass that will affect uh, how people are going to be able to utilize uh, different accounts, which then goes to Social Security. So in that sense, you know, we're constantly looking at things. One of the big resources personally that we use is some horse's mouth, uh, which is more of an industry uh, education. Uh, and they have some very good education cards to taxes and Social Security that we tend to watch quite regularly as they come out with new content. We're constantly avidly reading uh, the news, uh, the Wall Street Journal, and constantly looking at new things that come out. Uh, I feel like I constantly get emails left and right with, hey, here's this, here's that. And so, you know, it's almost, it's, uh, we have to filter down how much information we get to make sure that what we're reading is actually helpful for us. But there's quite a bit out there. So it's just a matter of making it a priority. There is. And there's a lot of myths and misconceptions too. Very much so. So, well, I'll have to introduce you to our NARSA program. So that's- All right. I'll be excited about it. That would help you. Um, What are some of the common misconceptions that you find your clients have about Social Security? I think a lot, like one of the surprisingly big things is obviously, I don't, everyone, I think some people know it, but I'm always surprised by how many people don't know it is, is that you actually, if you've been married for 10 years and unfortunately get a divorce, you can actually get your spouse's benefit um, or half of it. Uh, And so- most people don't realize that still, which is, uh, I mean, can be very helpful depending on the spouse, uh, whichever side yeah. you're on. There's a surprising amount of divorced people and it works for men and women. So. Yes. And so I think it's, uh, people don't realize that, you know, so I think there's, that's one thing uh, that I, I think I'm constantly reminded by, or it's kind of put in my face that I see um, as far as another misconception, it was a while back where they tried, you could, if you had a married couple and someone tried to file early and then you would get that benefit and then you could change your benefit to get a higher benefit. And they closed that loophole um, a few years back. And there's still some clients who learned about it and then they got now they're eligible and they think they're going to be able to do it. And unfortunately the the rules changed on them. So I'd say that's also another uh, probably interesting misconception that we run into quite a bit. That's how long things stay away, stay around after, you know, I mean, that was in 2015 and the suspend ended four months later and um, the restricted application still out there. That's available for someone who's 69 this year. (laughs) (laughs) We're taking out that out of our module training because yes but it's it's still i i always am shocked when someone comes to me and like how can we do this i'm like uh no sorry it doesn't work anymore it was a great plan and when it worked it was great and that is 
that really draws attention to the need for social security education when anything changes. And there's now the social security 2100 act, a sacred trust. And there's also another bill uh, proposing to repeal the WEP and GPO, the pension rules. So yes. there could be a lot, a lot coming down the road. Um, well, one of the core values of your company is enjoying life and having fun. How do you embrace this value as a company and what is the effect? Do they, do they get time off to go mountain climbing and bike riding? <laughs> uh, yes, uh, I will say that. And um, so, you know, obviously we all want to work. We all want to do a good job, but yes, we do try to build a very much of a team aspect. Uh, and so that, you know, if someone were wanting to go on a vacation wanting to go mountain biking, mountain or uh, rock climbing or whatever it might be, or, you know, honestly, maybe just a regular vacation without ex- any extreme sports to it. Um, they can, and they can enjoy it and not feel like uh, they have to be tied to a computer or a phone while they're away. And so that's kind of why we built some redundancy in our team so that, you know, uh, when I have, for example, I had an advisor out uh, two weeks ago, he went down to Cabo for a nice vacation uh, and I was able to cover for him while he was out and vice versa. It happens when I'm out. It happens when we have some of our support staff out as well. So yeah, we try to we try to support each other and work with each other and make sure we still are covering for our clients, but we very much want to live our lives and enjoy it as we want our clients to as well. Yes, and that that break is so necessary for our mental fitness, I think. Oh, 100% agree with that. Yeah, yeah. and it, that feeling that someone can't help can't take over for you is is scary. Yes. It's not as relaxing to be on a vacation and then see an email pop up or a text or something. And then you feel like you have to take care of it while you're wanting to be with your family and then you're distracted. And uh, it just makes it for a more enjoyable experience all the way around when we're able to do it. Yeah. Um, How do you approach estate and legacy planning? Do you do anything that separates you from others who offer this or how do you approach that with your clients? I I mean, obviously we talk about it quite a bit um, in the sense of what their goals are, if you will. I mean, it really comes down to, I think, a a client specific need in the sense of what are they really trying to accomplish in their estate? You know, I've, I've come across some clients who have the aspect of, you know what, I'm dead and gone and don't care. They can figure out how to deal with the money. And obviously trying to come up with a, an elaborate estate plan for them is uh, not normally a worthy uh, adventure. Then I have some who are, you know, they're, they're wanting it to make sure it goes to their kids. They want to make sure it goes to their grandkids. They're trying to come up with certain things. And so it's a lot of just more conversations to find out exactly what they're trying to accomplish with it and what they're trying to but what kind of legacy are they wanting to achieve, right? That's really what it comes down to. And then once we kind of have that idea, then we can go talk to attorneys. We can figure out the plan that's going to be the best avenue to accomplish such things with hopefully the least amount of cost and most efficiency in doing so. So it's kind of how we we approach the legacy as, as much as we approach our financial advising in the sense of we always want to know what the end goal is. Because if we don't know where the destination is, we don't have a really good idea of what we're trying to accomplish. Right, right. Yeah, it's a very, very personal 
career that dealing with people's finances, isn't it? It is. Yes. I've gotten to have some uh, amazing, very close, very personal conversations with quite a few clients. It's been, I would say one of the more rewarding parts of this. Which is kind of surprising because if you're on the outside and you, you don't realize that until you, until you're helping people with that. I think the retirement planning is helping people with social security. They're so um, confused and afraid of making the wrong decision and giving them that peace of mind is a huge part of it all. I think a hundred percent. Yes. Whatever the amount they're going to receive and that just so they know um, how much work do you do around social security claiming strategies and how those different claiming options play in the broader retirement planning analysis? Do you, how do you help your clients with that decision? Do you use certain software or? Uh, I mean, we have used some certain software in the past. Uh, I mean, we obviously we have our financial planning software as well. We're constantly looking at new software to help us because new software keeps coming out. And so we, you know, we've, been through a few, I'll say we're kind of in a, a transition stage to finding a new one that I think will help us a little more. So I don't have a, a great answer for exactly what we're using because what we had did an okay job, but there were things that I didn't like that it couldn't do. So uh, we're still searching, uh, but getting back to, uh, you know, kind of your question is how much time do we spend on it? It's been quite a bit and it's almost, it's a twofold conversation. I will say in that it is a conversation one just on money right and that's just how do we financially make it the most effective for you whichever client we're working with in their unique situation and how do we maximize it for them yeah the second piece to it is more i'll say psychological because mm-hmm. a lot of people have a lot of different opinions about social security and the government i will say and some people i could talk all the logic in the world to why they should wait and how much more benefit it has. And it will, I'm talking to a brick wall because all they want to do is they want to take it because they paid in and now they want to get paid back. And it's a psychological question too, right? And so we get to have quite a few of those conversations to figure out if we include all aspects, what's going to be the best solution for them. Yeah. And I call that the optimal solution. Not, <laughs> yes. Not necessarily the maximized amount of money because it's not. No. And especially for couples, I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but I've uh, met with two or three couples who did not hire me to help them with their social security analysis. The woman uh, reached out to me and have questions, but the husband simply is bound and determined to start at 62. He won't just like you, you described. Yeah. And that is such a disservice to whoever's the survivor, which is most likely the woman. Yes. I mean, it goes both ways, uh, but yes, you know, and it's just a matter of it's personal preference. Uh, Everyone has their opinions. uh, And so it's, it's a matter of, Uh, our job is trying to figure out, as you said, the optimal solution, right? So I may not get them to be the fully, uh, we'll say maximized solution, but we might get closer to one that appeases their needs for wanting to take it, but also gets them to where they aren't hurting themselves by doing such things. Yeah. And, and yes, if they have other financial resources, then yeah, it's, it's a big puzzle. 
Yeah, <laughs> that's a, a good way to put it. So uh, along that vein, as you're working with retirement and personal account withdrawal strategies to make the most of that Social Security uh, benefit, do you consider the, the whole taxation issue, how Social Security is given a tax preference, retirement accounts are fully taxed, um, do you calculate all that? And we do the, I mean, uh, I'd love to say we're perfect at it, but I think we're trying our best uh, to do it for our clients. And when it, like I mentioned earlier, it's, I mean, it's the withdrawal strategy, right? And so it's kind of the, uh, the evolution of trying to figure out what is going to be the best for them, not only today, but also, you know, a few years from now too, because if we think of someone who's retiring, we'll say 65, you know, in essence, they have probably 25, maybe even 30 plus years that they're going to now live off of their investments uh, and hopefully not have to go back to work and not change their lifestyle and keep pace with inflation, which is getting harder and harder. And so with that, we got to think not only what about today, but what about tomorrow, right? And so, yes, we look at a lot of withdrawal um, strategies, whether that means uh, we're converting, you know, IRAs or 401ks over to Roth so that we can have that tax-free growth. But in doing so, obviously by doing that, we create income tax and then how does that affect everything? And then we're also looking at how much did we then increase the Medicare costs as well. So there's, there's a lot of moving parts when we start getting into that withdrawal strategy that we have to calculate and kind of figure out to make sure that, you know, if we were to make a distribution or withdrawal, uh, over to a Roth or do to Roth conversion. Does that actually make sense? Are we really getting a bang for buck or did it just seem like a good thing to do? Uh, and so that's kind of where the analysis comes in that we, we spend quite a bit of time on figuring it out. And then we also talk a lot with our client CPAs as well, because okay. as well, I would say I'm dangerous when it comes to tax. I do not have a CPA license and we don't give tax advice. And so anything I do is going to affect them that way. So we like to make sure we have the right experts making the, doing the right equations to figure it out as well. That's excellent. That partnership is so valuable. It is. You know, I'm a believer and you can't be an expert in all things, but it is nice to have a team of experts. It is. It certainly is. So changing course here a little bit. I understand that you have a, I assume it's a digital assets CFP certificate in blockchain. Yes, I did. I did. I got the certification in it so I could, it was a bigger thing because I I wanted to learn about it. I wanted to find out what it was, how it worked, um, get a better understanding of it. Because, you know, for a long time, I thought it, you know, back in 2017, when it kind of went crazy, then it was around before then, obviously, but in 17 was kind of a big hoorah when it came back in a pretty big vengeance. And, you know, honestly, I joked with clients saying it was like the tulip craze, if you will, of the, in the past where, you know, everyone bought in and then it, it floundered out and it, it kind of stuck around. It, it kept coming back. And so it, it followed, but came back. And so I was like, more clients were asking me about it and I wanted to learn. And so that's why I found that training. I thought it was a good one and uh, got certified in it. I think it's valuable. I have some Bitcoin and Ethereum on my son's recommendation. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's how most, uh, most clients are that way. Uh, and, you know, it's the son or daughter or, yeah. you know, in some cases it's the grandson or granddaughter who yeah. uh, was like, you should do this. 
but I'm grateful now. I mean, that was that was quite a few years ago, and it's crazy. Um, I just watch it. I don't touch it. But it's it's really a mind bending. The blockchain. It's a crazy concept. It is. It's new. It's obviously quite complex. Uh, there's a lot of moving parts to it, and you know, it's new technology. And I think anytime we see new technology, it's kind of uh, it boggles our minds for a while until we kind of become accustomed to it. And so, mm-hmm. it's. But I do think it's an interesting investment. I. I don't mind putting a little bit into to it. I'm not certainly saying let's, you know, back the truck up into it in any way, stretch or form on that. But I do think it's really good to know about. And I am a believer. I'm not sure it's going away. I think it's here to stay for yeah, a while. I do too, in some form. Um, I don't count it as one of my assets though, really. <laughs> no, I mean, when we talk to clients, if I have clients come to me and are we're talking about it, uh, you know, it is an extremely small piece of the puzzle that we're looking at because honestly, it's, it's still new. It's still in its infancy stages and it still is extremely volatile. Right. And so uh, until such time as it doesn't have that kind of volatility, it's, it's still going to be a, a very speculative investment. Right. Right. So our audience is both financial professionals as well as, you know, pre-retirees just, listeners who are learning about retirement planning, based on your experience and knowledge, what are the top two or three most important takeaways that you would give to individuals approaching retirement about claiming social security and their retirement planning? If they aren't working with a financial professional, what would you recommend? So what I I mean, obviously, I think one of the biggest things I would recommend anyone do is to seek some guidance from a professional. That doesn't mean you have to have that professional invest your money. But I do think uh, a professional CFP, CFA, whatever, or some other credentialed person who has your best interest in mind is going to be able to look at it from kind of a third party and say, hey, here are some things that I'm seeing. Because in my opinion, the way I've seen it with our clients is, is there is no crystal ball, right? So there is no way to predict the future accurately, consistently. But if you can run enough scenarios out there and figure out, you know, kind of where maybe are the shortcomings in your plan, and an advisor can actually do that for you to hire them for a small one-off look to say, hey, here's where I'm seeing what you might need to adjust or things that you may not be seeing currently. It's going to be worth every penny you spent, in my opinion, because in that case, it's going to give that client more peace of mind. And it also is going to allow them to, you know, enjoy their retirement instead of having to constantly be, you know, thinking or wondering or logging on and saying, what's going to happen now? You know, you kind of want that peace of mind. And so if you can run as many scenarios as possible and have valid professional take a second look, I think is a very good idea. So, I guess that's my my two cents on that regard. But if you want to hire the advisor to do more, that's also good as well. We do see a lot of people who get to the point where they, you know, the accumulation phase is not, I would say, as difficult as the withdrawal phase. And, you know, it's pretty simple. You save more than you spend uh, or save more than you make, I should say. And so in that regard, that's not too difficult. You put it in a couple of investments and hopefully it does well. The distribution phase, it's nice to have that advisor, someone who's constantly 
researching, looking, keeping up to date with the ever changing environment that we have and making sure you're abreast with what's going to affect your situation. Yes, that's, that's a really good answer. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Do you work with clients remotely, Brian? Oh, uh, I mean, we have before the pandemic and we definitely do now. So yes. Uh, so, I mean, we have clients all over the country. Uh, and oh, so we do fun. get to see them. It's nice when we get to go actually visit them from time to time. Uh-huh. Uh, so that's always, it's, it's more fun that way. I just enjoy yeah. seeing people face to face. I'm just an old fashioned guy that way, but no, we do very much have the remote capabilities. And uh, I think it's, you know, I have some clients who live in the same town as me and we started doing the remote things because of the pandemic and now they like it better because they don't have to drive down. So it yeah. works out. Yeah. Okay. Well, before we sign off, I think I remember reading something about your life goals about climbing um, mountains. Well, I mean, I like climbing mountains. I don't know if I have a, a specific goal of climbing all the mountains. I enjoy it. I would say I actually like riding my bike on them more than I enjoy hiking them. But oh, do you? Okay. Um, you know, I just enjoy being outside uh, yeah. as much as possible. I mean, I, I would say probably my primary goal right now, or at least I hope to, is to get um, my son to at least see all of the national parks. Uh, before he actually leaves. So hopefully I can get that done. That's a really worthwhile goal. Yes. Well, it's been so wonderful to talk with you. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, That's it for today. And thank you for listening to our podcast. Please tune in every Wednesday for new episodes. Our expert guests share a wide variety of knowledge and all things retirement related. See you next week. Thank you.